A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash nuclear revenge video. If you enjoy hearing stories of revenge gone totally nuclear, make sure you hit the like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by an anonymous poster. You slept with my girlfriend? Better watch your back. Full disclosure, this isn't my story. It happened to a friend of mine who lives in the USA a long time ago, so dialogue isn't exact. Due to the nature of the story, some details have been changed. The cast is me, OP's friend. Karen, me's girlfriend, had a drug addiction but was clean for two years, important for later. Jill, a business owner. Jake, an old friend and the jerk of the story. I live with my girlfriend Karen and my old grade school friend Jake, who was working as a sales rep. We live on the outskirts of a well-known city in the States. I was in my late 20s. I found myself looking for work as a bar I was working at closed down. Knowing I was desperate for work, Jake calls me and tells me his new girlfriend Jill just purchased a motel slash bar with a small kitchen and she's after hired help. Needless to say, I jump at the opportunity as Karen wasn't working. The bills were piling up and our health insurance was due. I called Jill, arranged to meet her at our new property to introduce myself. Jake made the introductions in person and had already told Jill I was a hands-on DIY person with hospitality experience. Now to explain, my dad's a sparky and believes if you can pay someone to fix something, you could probably do it cheaper yourself. He taught me lots and still does to this day. After a 30 minute chat, Jill tested me with a few odd jobs like rewiring an outlet, fixing a clogged sink and quizzed me on liquor laws. Needless to say, I was hired that day. Originally, work was all about getting the property ready for business. Jill thought it would be minor work, paint, replacement of fixings and furniture. We soon found out the electrical wires were shot. The whole place needed rewiring, which was a cause of stress for Jill as it would have blown her budget. Luckily for Jill, my dad was between contracts and offered his services using leftover stock, already paid for from other jobs. Jill would need to cover the cost of any new product required. As for labor, his payment? He said he enjoys a steak and beer on Friday nights. After three weeks of helping dad, the wiring was done, was up to code, and at a fraction of the cost. Jill and I spent like one to two months painting all 15 motel rooms, bistro, bar, cleaning the kitchen, cool rooms, etc. Jake would offer to help, but always left after 20 minutes saying he has to make a sale. Jill often worked well into the night. After all, this was her dream. I'd take some furniture home to restore after hours and return it once restored. Business opened up after six months and, thanks to dad, opened under budget. Jill managed the business and ran the kitchen. I worked where I was needed, in the kitchen, on the bar, tending to maintenance. I was on salary, second in charge, and could work any position. Things went smoothly for a year. Business was turning a profit, dad was getting his weekly beer and steak. Karen seemed happy. Jake was still working as a sales rep for a pharmaceutical company. One day, I felt crooked work, so I clocked off and went home early. Pulling into my driveway, with the exception of a turning gut, things felt normal. Jake's car was there, but he lived there, so I didn't think anything was wrong. As usual, I parked behind Jake, important for later. When I opened the door, I found Karen doing the reverse cowgirl with Jake on the couch. After seeing me, Jake grabbed his pants and ran out through the back door. Karen and I argued into the night. She tried blaming me, saying I'm never home, I'm spending too much time with Jill. 
We were keeping things professional. I was her employee. I went to bed and told her she can sleep in Jake's bed as she clearly finds it more comfortable. I called Jill and informed her of this as Jake was her boyfriend. She was upset as he cheated on her but admitted she suspected he was seeing someone else. Jill offered me a room at the motel until I figured out my next move. The next day, I loaded my personal effects in the truck. Jake's car was still there as I'd blocked it in. I told Karen she can keep the rental and the furniture. I said, Karen, I'd be back in a few hours and I would appreciate it if she wasn't there. I went home that afternoon to load my tools into my truck. While I was grabbing something from under my workbench, I found a bag I wasn't familiar with. Upon closer inspection, I found large quantity little tablets. The way they were packed and hidden made me realize they were probably ecstasy. A thorough search of the house led me to finding two more bags and about 12000 in cash. I put two and two together and realized that Jake's pharmaceutical sales job was code for drug dealer, and Jake probably traded pills to Karen for sex. I was beyond angry until I realized I have all that I need to get him back. The revenge, Jake's car still hadn't moved. I went inside and grabbed his spare keys, checked on a pair of gloves that were in the garage. I put half the money in one bag of drugs in his boot and thought, hang on, this won't pass. I removed his spare tire from the wheel well and put the bag in there. The other two bags, I threw them down the storm drain in the laneway behind my house. As for the 6k cash, Jake did cost me a house full of furniture, just saying. I sent a message to both Jake and Karen with the typical hurt script, I can't believe you did this, we were friends, blah blah blah. I've left, I hope you two are happy together. I then made an anonymous tip to the local police and ATF about a man fitting Jake's description loading what looks like drugs into the boot of a car that sounded like Jake's car and provided a partial number plate number that matched Jake's car. It didn't take long for law enforcement to find the car and locate the drugs. What I wasn't counting on is Karen was driving the car at the time. She was later released when they found out she was driving the wrong car at the wrong time. A warrant went out for Jake's arrest. The icing on the cake. I found out later that not only was the police after Jake, his supplier was as well, as he lost a lot of product. Fast forward three months. I purchased a house. I was still working with Jill. Karen was pregnant with Jake's baby, and he was on the run. I suspected she was keeping contact with Jake because she suddenly left the district when she was 8 months pregnant. 12 months after the incident, after a drunken night, Jill and I mixed business with pleasure and started dating. That was 10 years ago. We're married, have two children, and just opened our third business. Dad still gets his weekly steak and beer. I did hear a rumor that Jake and Karen wound up in Alaska, but can't confirm this. I do feel a little bad about it now because Jake made it possible for me to date Jill and live a wonderful life. I do hope he is well. Let me ask you guys, if your partner, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whoever, if they cheated on you and he found out the person they cheated on you with had stashed a big amount of illegal substances, would you report them on your way out or would you prefer to just let them be? Let me know about you guys in the comments down below. And our final story of the day is by Econoclastation. Cheat on my friend and spend all her money? Get deported. So my friend, let's call her Coco, was really popular in high school. The type of girl that everyone wanted to be friends with and nobody wanted to cross. Coco was known to be promiscuous, but by senior year, she seemed to finally settle down and was in a stable relationship with a boy, let's call him Edgar. 
Edgar immigrated from Ecuador as a child, but was completely Americanized and I don't think he even spoke Spanish that well from what I can remember. He was the type of kid that was seen as kind of a bum to most of the school. He was nearing 20 and barely showed up to class sometimes, only to smoke behind the school and hang out with friends. I guess he was on some sort of program to get his diploma before he legally couldn't continue showing up. Regardless of this, he made my friend happy, so even if I didn't think he was Prince Charming, I tolerated him. Coco, on the other hand, was head over heels. She worked every day after school at the local grocery store, and with her hard-earned money, she spoiled the heck out of him. A new Xbox, shoes, taking him out to eat, the whole nine yards. She kissed the ground he walked on, and I was of course skeptical, but again, she was happy and it wasn't my business. Things seemed cool for a while, but when crap hit the fan, it hit with ferocity. Five months into their relationship, he cheated on her. Not only did he cheat, but the girl he cheated with was freshly 14 years old and a freshman at the same high school. Keep in mind, he's 19 and probably shouldn't even still be at the school. This 14-year-old girl wasn't exactly innocent. She'd had a reputation for a while for sleeping around with older men and looked around 17 to 18. Not to take away from the gravity of the situation, but to point out she was a very willing participant, I just feel it's needed context. News broke because the girl was bragging to all their friends about sleeping with Edgar, and I guess one of the friends told Coco. I was almost 100% sure that Coco was going to fight this girl. She being 17 at the time wouldn't have gotten into the trouble she would have been being an adult. To my shock, however, that's not what she did. Coco was obviously devastated. The man she's adored for almost half a year, her first real boyfriend, and the thousands she spent trying to make him happy definitely tore her to pieces inside. Instead of fighting the 14-year-old and trying to socially execute her, however, she played it smart. Here's where the nuclear revenge came in. This 14-year-old knew Edgar was with Coco, and obviously feared Coco and the social power she had at the school. It was clear that she was scared to death of even showing her face once the news broke out. Expecting to have to fight Coco or having to attempt to save her social life? What went down, however, was nothing like that. Coco messaged the girl on Instagram saying pretty much this. Hey, I know what happened between you and Edgar, and I just want you to know I'm really sorry he took advantage of you like that. I think we should meet up and talk about it. I know it's not your fault. Coco didn't really believe this girl was preyed upon, and I'm sure she was even pissed at her, but it was important to her master plan that the girl took up the victim role. They end up meeting, and Coco pretty much showers the girl in affirmation that she's a victim... Edgar's the evil Baphomet child of Satan, and that if she went to the police, that Coco and our whole friend group would stand beside her and care for her. Long story short, the decision between social suicide and a fast pass to the popular group wasn't too hard for this girl to make, and she ended up going to her guidance counselor the same day. The guidance counselor listened to what happened and promptly calls the police who pull Edgar out of class and have him handcuffed outside in a public spectacle. When the ugly truth comes to light, it's worse than anyone could have imagined it. Not only did Edgar and this 14-year-old get it on, they did it in the school bathroom. His mugshot was plastered on the news and everyone was talking about it. After multiple hours of Coco gaslighting this girl and telling her all the right things to say to the police, he was charged. 
he ended up getting charged with statutory you-know-what on top of another charge because it was on school grounds. He got 50k bail, which he wasn't able to pay, and better yet, they were deporting him to Ecuador, the place where he had no remaining family, barely spoke the language, and that's only after he served his five-year sentence in the United States. Throughout the entire trial, Coco pretty much coached the 14-year-old, telling her to say she was scared and felt pressured to do it, when, in reality, it was all on her own accord and nothing new to her. She complied with everything Coco said in order to save her social reputation. She even continued to brag about her sexual endeavors to us. But as long as it wasn't Edgar, we were happy to entertain it. We were young and dumb and living life like we were in an early 2000s teen movie. Looking back, I can tell the girl definitely had some issues with male attention. Regardless, for the rest of our senior year, Coco let the girl tag along with us and treated her really well, even bringing her to senior prom and a loophole for the LGBT students. Three years later, the girl is seemingly doing great. I see her on social media from time to time, and she's enrolled in college for the fall semester. Coco has a new boyfriend she's been living with for over a year now, and Edgar is still in prison awaiting his deportation. Looking back, I realize how messed up the whole situation was. The 14-year-old definitely had some problems in her life, and Coco was definitely manipulative. Sometimes I even feel bad for Edgar, but at the end of the day, she was still 14. So even if she was totally down with it, it's still illegal. I don't think either side was exactly doing the right thing. It's not like Coco actually cared about the 14-year-old like she pretended she did. At least the girl had a nice time for the rest of high school. Coco just wanted to scorn Edgar and scorn him she did. I think we can all kind of agree that that's one of the most infamous things about the high school experience is seeing those fully grown seniors, maybe not 19 years old but fairly close, who seem to obsess or prey over the freshman girls. And when you look at it, it's actually kind of surprising how often that kind of gets ignored just because they do go to the same school together despite being clearly far different in developmental states. Do you feel bad or feel like this was too much for Edgar? Five years in prison and then getting deported back to a country where they don't even really speak the language or have any family there? I'd like to hear your thoughts in the comments down below. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. If you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, it would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories.